Hello, everyone, and welcome back. These are voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and once again voyaging into very weird parts of space and moons and planets. People I wouldn't go anywhere else, go anywhere without. That's easy to say. My dear friends, Commander Eric and Lieutenant Commander David, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back, my friends. How are y'all doing? Doing good. Sweet. Doing quite well. Ooh, quite well. That's good. We're off to That's a good. rousing start. Great start. <laughs> Great start, man. This is excellent podcasting. We are pros at this, at this point. Yes, we yeah. are. Totally. 1,000%. So, well, <clears throat> before we jump into uh, the content, um for you know today's episode uh what have you been up to what's been happening in y'all's part of the alpha quadrant not much <laughs> not much honestly cool sweet cool. sweet <laughs> um <laughs> this is great it's like we're all it's like we're boring people all of a sudden nothing to talk about Man. No, um, so like, uh, um, you know, David's wedding is coming up pretty soon here, right? And mm. you gotta, you gotta get fit and get in shape, right? So you can Do fit you? into those. Yeah, look nice for the pictures, right? <laughs> fit into those. David's probably in like cram mode, right? I gotta lose ten pounds before the wedding. No. No. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to lose 10 pounds before your wedding, David. I believe in you. <laughs> no, so like but before our wedding, right, we decided we were going to do like some detox thing, like juice juice detox thing, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, Ra Raquel had found, there's some nutritionist that she finds online that does like challenges and one of them is like the detox thing and we were trying to do it and we i just bought like a new blender this is back in like february right and we we're like gonna blend up and make these juices but man the blender didn't do that good of a job and it tasted like eating eating grass there was so much like <laughs> chunky stuff is still left in this it, it was like man are we just like drinking and eating grass here it was really it was really terrible man but we're like man for david's wedding we're gonna try this again right we're gonna try this detox get ourselves get the bloat lose the bloat right and so we're like let's buy a juicer right <laughs> get rid of all the pulp and i'll be i don't know if any of you have ever juiced like seen a juicer or used a juicer but like the thing at the end has like a little bucket that you're supposed to put there that it puts all like the pulp stuff right so you shove it down in there it juices and the juice comes out and then it spits all the extra stuff out the side and like dang all that chunky stuff was in the drink that we were trying to drink before oh, no one couldn't do it oh, oh man goodness. I guess we're, we're juicers now we, we juice we juice. <laughs> we juice. <laughs> Just a couple Jack Lanes over there. Wow. Oh. Tastes a lot better now that you get all that chunky pulp stuff out of it. Man, man. He hasn't never juiced. 
You know, I think we bought a juicer. We just haven't used it now that I think about it. <laughs> really? I think so. Yeah, oh. I, I've, I've never personally juiced before. I've had juice from like, you know, like a juice bar in quotations. Sure. But no, I, sure. I, I've never personally juiced. I'm perfectly fine with going in and occasionally grabbing orange juice from the store. Mm. Orange juice has no so bulk. much. Orange juice has so much sugar in it, and that's why it's good. <laughs> that's precisely what we can't have. Well, we're trying to juice and detox and get the bloat away. Okay, so I love simply orange now. Like it's like the only OJ that I will drink now. Um, like I don't know. Like the other ones are just like way too sugary, but like that one just like tastes just right, and it's supposed to be just. The orange juice, just that. But we know there's sugar in it. We do. We, we know there is. But like, there is one OJ that I will not drink because it is just like ninety-five percent sugar, and that is McDonald's orange juice. Like, <laughs> oh my god, I feel like I'm gonna go into a diabetic coma drinking that stuff. What do you get that for, like your kids or something? In no, like I meal? mean. No, like whenever I use, like I think the last time I had McDonald's orange juice was, gosh, like close to ten years ago. Like I just oh. got, I just got fed up. I'm like, man, this is just way too sugary, and um, I'm like, I'm done. I'm so done with this. And I used to like chug that stuff, man. Like I used to work at um, the McDonald's there at, um, I think that was like Grand Blank Road and US 23 there in Michigan. And uh, it was, like, right there, like, that gas station, truck stop kind of thing. It was, like, a newer one, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at at the time, it was new when I worked there. But, yeah, like, whew, that was, like, that was a lot of sugar. A lot of sugar. But, I don't know. Are there, like, since we're talking about juice, because this is a really exciting topic, of course. Like, I mean, orange juice is, like, probably, like, one of the most popular ones. But is there, like like, a second or third what might be considered like second or third tier juice that you're like, man, that's just really good. Like, I really dig that. I like cranberry juice. Me too. I was going to say cranberry juice. I do. I like the cranberry juice. I'm good. He's <laughs> like, nah, I don't. I'm good. just orange juice for me. It's fine. No pulp orange juice all the if way. If I'm drinking juice, I'm not a big juice guy. You're not going to find yeah. a bunch of juice boxes here or juice cartons or juice containers or juicers. Eric, Eric, I know what we're doing when we get to Columbus. I'm just saying. I know what we're doing. We're buying we're water. We're going we're going to find the nearest Sam's or Costco and we're going to buy bulk supply of juice just for David for a wedding present. <laughs> That's what you get. That's what you get. Oh man. Yeah, like uh, nothing too uh, crazy um, on my end. I think the when we spoke last time, I think we were all pretty dog tired from like projects and stuff that we were working on, and um, finished mine, and uh, it, it ended up looking pretty good. I think the wife was pretty happy with it in the grand scheme of things. So that's all that really matters to me is that she was happy with it, and uh, yeah, she had a great time on her girl's trip and here we are back living life and stuff I don't know 
that I, I don't know. I got nothing else, guys. Hey, sometimes we have a lot going on, and other times we're just a bunch of boring guys. Yeah, buddy. That's how we do it. Anyway. Well, uh, if there's nothing else, I guess we can go ahead and just jump right into the episode. How's that sound? Y'all want to talk Trek now? Yes. Wow. Okay, this is really quick. All right, everyone. <clears throat> well, welcome to uh, to today's episode as we uh, jump in and talk about the latest episode of Star Trek Strange New World. So this is your red alert as we go into spoilerific territory. Talk about Season 2, Episode 5, Charades. Is it charades or charade? Oh, charades. It can be singular or plural. How about that? Charades. Ah! Yeah. Okay. All right. Wow, I was no, about to have a moment. Like, do I have to re-record that? Like, dang. <laughs> All right. Well, here we are. We're at the halfway mark in the the season. And uh, anyway, uh, we we pick up um, this time and. Uh, there was a, a tease earlier in the season about um, Chapel um, wanting to, you know, do some kind of like uh, fellowship kind of program on Vulcan, and uh, we kind of get to see that kind of coming to fruition, like with the application and whatnot. And um, um, this is her, you know, getting ready to um, do like an interview, uh, or at least coming up on an interview. Yeah, she's and, cramming, uh, right? And she's she cramming. is cramming. Um, and like you have like people that are quizzing her on what the three principles of archaeological medicine are, which one of them made sense, but the other two was just kind of weird to me. I mean, I get it. It's like your friends are kind of helping you with your, you know, your comprehensive exam or whatever. They don't know what the heck's going on. But I mean, we had Mbanga, we had um, who was it, um, Laon, and then we had. Like, uh, was it Una and Uhura, I think, was the last one? Sounds and right. Like they're, and they're, like, taking shots while this is happening, too? Mm -hmm. Sounds like some solid studying right there. I mean, yeah, why not? People study at the bar all the time. I, I don't, but that's... Well, fine. people do. Okay. Good job, people. You've never sat outside at a bar with your laptop and a beer writing nope. paper? Nope. <laughs> David, no? No, I just drank beers and didn't write papers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've done more of like the coffee shop, like getting the coffee or the tea, sitting inside or outside of it, but never at a bar. Okay, okay. all right, well. So that's like, as it, that's like, you know, public studying adjacent, I guess, to a bar. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, there's one point where they're like sitting down and like, and Laon's like, if you're studying for some Vulcan thing, why isn't Spock helping you? Hmm, and then Ortegas, Ortegas is like, they're going, they're having like a little weird period. And Chapel looks over and gives her like the death stare. Yeah. She's like, dude. You don't have to call me out like that. <laughs> But all yeah. of this is happening as we're 
traveling like at a snail's pace we're on like a luxury cruise head to the Vulcan system and instead of just getting right there let's take it slow right nothing to explore here slow we're just gonna go ride. slow on our pleasure cruise and we'll make it there eventually the love boat everyone and that's the like some boat. some like manufactured short downtime right and so she's studying right with like all her friends and like getting like the evil death stare and then apparently Pike is also giving like a cooking class to Spock. Yeah, there, there was a lot, lot going on. Always the, use fresh basil, right? Oh, that's that's, that's so true. <laughs> I am a basil snob when it comes to um, my pizzas. Like I want the full basil leaf, not the little <laughs> diced chopped basil like sprinkled over it. I want the full leaf, man. And you got it. You got to use the fresh stuff. You gotta. You just gotta waken it up. You know what I'm saying? Just slapping your basil around. Yeah, Seems man. Seems like abuse. I played the better. <laughs> All, All right. right. At the same time, Spock gets a message from his betrothed to Pring. It's mm -hmm. like, my mother wants us to do some special ceremony now that you're here on Vulcan because you're always gone. You're never here when I need you. You're just gone all the time. Will you just please come over and we can do this little ritual and then you can go away again so my mother can get off my back? Can you do that again, Eric? That was awesome. No, no. Just rewind. You're always gone. Hit the 30-second hit rewind button. Just come here, please. Just come here. So, yeah, it's the, the Vishal, right? Like, the Vishal dinner, it's their Vulcan engagement thing. And if it's not done, as we later find out in this episode, um, the marriage won't legally stand on Vulcan, essentially. So, like, all these, like, things have to happen. So, yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, T'Pring's mom is a real piece of work. She just absolutely loves Spock. So yes. much. Yes, she does. Major sarcasm intended on that one. Um, so, uh, Pike um, is saying, like, so Spock's going to go do the thing, but there's um, the matter of um, I believe it's uh, Chapel needing to go do this thing also, like with her interview, and they're going to share a shuttle, and it's going to be major awkward. Um, and that's where things finally start getting moving, where we come across this, like, you know, celestial temple looking thing of sorts uh, for um, this. It's just the anomaly on, on this moon um, of the. Um, former Kirkovian people as we're, I guess, being told about in this. Not the I, I have, a, I have a question. Like, we're in the Vulcan system. This is some, like, planet or some moon in the Vulcan system. Mm -hmm. Don't you think the Vulcans would have, like, checked this out, right? At some point? Vulcans are interested in... They're not interested in comets, but they're interested in science. Right? Don't you think they would have at least, hey, let's go check this thing out. And if it's dangerous, we'll put up a like a buoy or something. 
Yeah, it seemed highly convenient. I mean, granted, what wasn't it after Archer, you know, messed up all of Vulcan society? Uh, they they kind of went away a lot from a lot of things to sort of more seek internal stuff, you know, fix fix what they had kind of walked away from. But it would seem highly convenient to have not explored your own general space around your planet. Mm-hmm. And oh, we never noticed that there was a giant tornado on this moon. Wow. <laughs> Awfully convenient. Tell us how you really feel, David. About the moon tornado? Yeah, tell us about how you feel about the moon tornado. It's pretty sick. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, okay. we enter some danger, danger, right? And, uh... Something happens and flash, and we wake up in back in sick bay, mm-hmm. and we'll get the awkward up POV up the nose shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, and uh, turns out our boy Spock is uh, is fully human now because of the space tornado. I love a good space tornado. I was, I was going to try and make something kind of witty response, but it didn't work. It's fine. Um, so, yeah. We're now not we're, Kansas anymore. There we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, so, yeah, now it's like, oh, shoot. Like, I have all my Vulcan stuff that I got to do, uh, including that engagement dinner. And I'm human. Tupring's mama does not like humans. Ooh, this sucks. And uh, we get the um, the brilliantly timed, what the bleep, like cut off like immediately, and uh, cue credits basically. <clears throat> yeah, and when we wake up, we find we're searching the shuttle, and we find some disc or something right on the mm-hmm. seat. Bring it up to Uhura. These look like routing instructions, and there's visual. And okay, put it on screen. And then it's like, this is Captain Christopher Pike. How can we help you? She's like, uh, you called us. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Duh. <laughs> you called us. I am called we're, Yellow. I, I am here because of what happened to your sh- our shuttle. Remediation was made. No further contact is required. <laughs> She's like trying to hang up. You're like, no, no, no. The ultimate introvert right there. No, 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 no. Can you just text us if you need us? The two beings that were present did not match. So they had like mixed instructions. But Uh we fixed it. Remediation was made. So you're telling me that the space tornado people who are living on a Vulcan moon didn't know how to put a Vulcan back together again? Well, he's not Vulcan. Well, Vulcan human, half and half. I mean, it's just... But really... Okay, so I'm going to bring this up now. I I actually called Eric um, up um, earlier uh, before we recorded to to kind of talk to him about this. So I know last year, you know, we had the Spock Amok 
thing, like where like Tipring and Spock did the old switcheroo. But we have um, in this part, and correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I'm jumping ahead. I don't think I am though. But you know, we have this remediation. We have this repair. This whatever that takes place where they purge Spock of his Vulcanness to make him match with Christine. So here's my question is, how do they know? How do the space tornado people know what a human male is when they only have a human female sitting next to him? Why wasn't Spock made female in that instance since they had the blueprint for female sitting right next to him essentially? That's my question. I don't know. I like I told you when you called. I don't know. It's a good point to bring up. Yeah. It was easier to pull out Vulcan stuff, like the green-blooded stuff, than it was to repair it. I mean, like. We don't even know what happened. Like, did he just, like, bonk his head on, like, the terminal or something? Like, Yeah, we don't know how serious the injury like, was. Like, seriously, like, give the dude, like, an ice pack and a Band-Aid and, you know, a juice box and, like, call it a day type of thing. Like, do Rub we really some dirt need to... on it. Dirt don't hurt, you know what I'm saying? Like, just super convenient that whatever happened, we have no idea. There was no nothing from the from the space tornado the Kirk the Kirkovians to to indicate what actually happened I mean later on I'm jumping but like later on we know that there was like shields that were placed like more shielding to kind of like minimize the damage but that was it that was it it was, I don't know I think I don't know. I just think it's kind of dumb yeah but then you wouldn't have been able to have all this fun with human emotions So, right? I can't go on with this dinner if I'm just fully human. You don't understand. Tapring's mother hates me. Don't worry. We we got in touch with her, right? We she agreed with your injuries. It was logical to mm-hmm. postpone the the dinner. Do I smell human? <laughs> and then we go back to cooking class. Captain, what smells amazing? The bacon? bacon? Duh. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. The best part of this was him literally getting ready to, ready to kill Sam Kirk. <laughs> I will break you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, make, make, make sure you clean up your mess. Okay. Okay. Mr. Kirk, clean it up now. <laughs> I will kill you. <laughs> I have to restrain him. <laughs> yeah, that, that part was good. Now, I, I do, I do want to ask, and like may, maybe it's kind of silly, but so you're, I, I understand now that you have no block on your emotion. Although we kind of know with Spock, he he does feel more, and it's more integrated in his you know kind of normal day to day, a bit more than you know a Vulcan would be. Although we also know Vulcans have 
emotions and feelings are suppressed, but they're still somewhat there and different, um, different iterations, but to lose like the way your face is, you know, like the way you, you know, just present yourself. I can understand spouting emotion, but to like to lose your cadence, your speaking cadence, you know, your facial features that you would normally have. I mean, how old is Spock here? Do we know that? Well, let's just say regardless, he's an adult, (laughs) at least by human standards. So you're talking about like ingrained muscle memory and like, you know, could you guys imagine, I don't know, just talking different tomorrow? Like, not, not, you know, I'm just going to change everything about like how hard that would be to do. But in this instance, we, we automatically go and then we have to repractice facial features later on and we have to reintroduce our vocal cadence and. You know, that, that, that to me was a little confusing. Just, just mm-hmm. I mean, I understand the comedic aspect of it, but like just more from a realistic standpoint, all that stuff that you've had that you've built up over so much time, it seems a little odd that you would like almost instantaneously lose that. Right. And to answer your question, David, um, Spock was born January 6, 2020, uh, 2230. There we go. So oh, if this 20- is he's 29 years old yeah okay so not terribly not terribly old but still old enough to have you know developed those traits that you kind of keep for ever well like the other thing too is i mean we're, we're talking about the 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 loss of like the vulcan side right and like only being human and regardless of what DNA is present, there's still, like, your knower is still there. Like, your mental faculties are still there, even if your brain is juiced on emotion. I mean, like, that's the the idea behind, um, like, cognitive behavioral therapy in terms of, like, how we redirect our thoughts and how we do like thought stopping and things like this and like you know work on impulse control it's you can't think logically whenever your brain is juiced on emotion so you have to kind of like force yourself to stop identify the truth and redirect it basically but the logic and all the rational all the cognition is still there so the problem that i'm having with this is that we still have a very intelligent logical uh man in this body who is now seemingly devoid of all this just by virtue of being human i don't like that well then also to add on as a child was he always that disciplined or did he have to lose the discipline or lose it gain it gain the discipline like how was he as as like a kid like, well, I mean, Vulcans are taught from a young age to have that discipline. It's a learned, it's a learned ability. But that's fair, and not not to like do, you know, new newish movie track. But like, you know, there was that shot of young Spock in the little in learning the pod. pod, and he yeah. beats up a kid because it, you know, just angered him. 
So like it, it, it's kind of been one of those deals where, you know, almost like to Paul too. It's like you know you're you wear you have your emotions a little bit closer to the surface than other Vulcans and everything like that. He's not like a stone at all times. Mm-mm. So he would have had to have learned how to control human emotions along right. with his Vulcan emotions, right. which by their admission are stronger. So even having that knowledge still in his head, not saying he could instantly, uh, uh, you know, kind of corral everything. Cause I, I guess taking away that Vulcan side would have taken away his mental blocks and, and that training and everything. But like the relearning of that, I would feel, I don't know, maybe wouldn't be necessarily as hard a road as somebody who hadn't gone through it. It wouldn't have been a very long road getting from there to here, but I mean, it, it's fine. Yeah, it's like they bring up this, there's this scene between Spock and La'an, and she's like, you're basically like an adolescent teenager right now, yeah. right? Dealing with all these emotions. It's like, like not, and, and then she's like, I love this line. It's a great line. She's like, human adolescence is a delightful cocktail of anger, fear, sexual frustration, and hunger. So much hunger. Like literally, you're snacking all the time. <laughs> like it's a that's a great line, but like I just don't, I just don't buy that. Just because he loses the mental blocks, that he's like almost regressing, like back in time. I just, yeah. I don't, I don't know if I buy that. Yeah, he's not Benjamin buttoning it, you know, and he's not on a Genesis planet, growing you know, up, learning everything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, everything is still there. It's still there, by by all accounts. That's that's what's that's just well, it's bugging me. They change biology, not the actual mind itself and memory right. and experience. Right. Now, of course, like there might be. I mean, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Just I'll, I'll give them a little bit, but like, you know, even if. Let, let's just say, like, with Vulcan DNA, there might be, you know, other neurochemicals that might make binding of memory and other cognitive and physiological things more binding. It still doesn't matter because it's still been encoded in some form or fashion in your brain. So that's all I got to say about that. So we're, we're kind of at a loss. Like, let's just keep on going. We're kind of, like, trying to figure out, like, what to do, and... Nurse uh, Chapel's working around the clock. She is. And she almost forgets her interview. Which she does go to the interview, and she thinks it's going to be, like, probably, like, a traditional type of human interview, right? Where it's, like, sit down, tell me about yourself, whatever, last, you know, more than ten seconds. And, um... Anyway, the Vulcan was very dismissive of her, and um, we'll review your field experience and maybe get back to you type of thing. Uh, more on that, dude, later. But um, it, it, Can I just comment real quick on, yeah. on just Vulcan society? Isn't it a little weird? Now, granted, I, I, I can understand either way here, but isn't it a little strange? Spock let's take Spock out of the equation, not Spock, but the attitudes of Vulcans towards humans after the Archer experience. Right. Doesn't that, that seem a little weird to have it that? Does. Now in, in JJ Abrams track, right? 
you had Spock in the Academy and all that, and you had that despite your disability, which we also have in this episode too. So that putting that aside, I, I think I think that the portrayal of the Vulcan people is really weird. It's I... very it's very strange. Now towards Spock, I can understand a little bit because he's a bit of an abnormality in their society. And a society based on logic can make logic out of about anything. So that could be fair. But like the 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 judgment passed on to his mother to me seems a little tiny bit strange given what we had canonically with the Archer experience and them turning away from how they basically were, which were bunch of a-holes <laughs> i mean do you think do you think it could be the writers and the producers trying to like make a point about like like implicit bias and and, and racism in a sort like oh you you just have him you don't like this person you don't know why you do you just have implicit bias against them right or they're just people that are in every race demographic there are going to be people that are just racist right are you, as are they trying to to make a statement about that here with the way the vulcans are acting yeah but does does that completely make sense to sacrifice a peaceful society of logic bearing people just to make a point about current situational no. politics or no, no it doesn't or social uh, issues no, it doesn't. And and it's like every Vulcan they're presenting here in this episode has that same attitude. So it makes it sound like they're saying the whole Vulcan race has this attitude towards humans, which we know can't be true. Well, and then the other the other thing, though, that has always been kind of like a historical understanding with Star Trek is that, granted, you can never get rid of anything 100%, but... The fact is, is that we have moved past these issues at these times where we don't consider race, we don't consider sex, we don't, you know, we're, we're open to all of these experiences because all of these experiences enrich everything, right? Because we're now in space where we see countless cultures doing things that we would think are just nuts. It's like, oh, no, I'm, I'm really open, but like, you know, no, but I, I'm, I'm cool, but like, I don't know what you're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the thing is, is that doesn't exist here. And I think we've made this point before, though. I feel like we've had this exact discussion some other time. And it's like it just comes running right back. Because at this time, it, it maybe portraying an idyllic future is not a bad thing. But I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, to uh, we just with with everything that's going on in this episode uh, up to this point, uh, we've had to kind of postpone because there's been this postpone the engagement dinner ceremony thing um, because you know Spock's injured and it's supposed to be at this like bougie home that uh, T'Pring's parents seemingly own and. Um, um, after a little bit of, of prodding, um, Spock's mom beams aboard. To I check love on this. Him. I love this line. Spock, can you report to the transporter room right away? 
Uh, is there an emergency? Eh, it depends on what you call an emergency. Your mother just beamed on board. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing like a freaking beanie. beanie. <laughs> Why are you wearing that hat? It's not ridiculous. It's it's a, it's official. <laughs> it's oh, I've got one too. Pike says. <laughs> so again, we we've talked several times about like trying to throw too much Star Trek in Star Trek, but isn't that reminiscent of Voyage Home? Maybe I mean, how bit, else? Do, yeah. How else do you hide or, your ears? Well, Voyage Home or that um, crap. The original series episode with um, City on the Edge of Forever. City on the Edge of Forever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess is more applicable. Yeah, and I, I like your. They got they got Mia Kirshner back. She played yeah. uh, played Amanda in Discovery seasons one and two. Mandy also, in twenty four. Mandy. Yep, Mandy yep. in twenty four. Yeah, but she was like channeling some major Padme in this episode. Like holy cow! With with the look they had, they gave yeah, him. yeah. It was like hardcore Padme. I'm just saying. Sorry, I know I'm crossing the streams, but anyway. Um, but yeah, Ma- Mama knows something's up. Take that hat off. Oh my gosh, son! Moms always know something's up. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> when their kids are involved, they know what's up, man. And uh, oh my goodness, you're human. She's from Wisconsin now. <laughs> yeah. Eh? <laughs> oh my gee. Yeah. So yeah, Mama's kind of like freaking out a little bit and kind of trying to figure out like how we're gonna get you to do all this stuff. Like you gotta figure out how to make this tea and lift a pot and wax on, wax off, and do all that stuff. Like any good mother, her advice is, we're Let's gonna lie. teach you how to lie. <laughs> Thanks, Ma. <laughs> Thanks, Mama. Appreciate it. No one lies like my mom. <laughs> I said what I said. It's fine. So, so yeah, and, and Pike's going to help, apparently. And Pike has no, no say in the matter at all. I was going to say, if we're talking about... i got to say, I don't know when's the best time to say this, but, like... Pike's peak was in like prime effect in this episode, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was like, dang, that thing is up there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know when there's a good time to mention it, but I just I had to get it out there at some point. That would That's be a it. great shirt. <laughs> Pike's peak was on point. <laughs> just Pike's was... peak and and just his hair. <laughs> it was... It was, it was up there. <laughs> it's gravity defying. I wonder if there's a correlation between like how his hair and the type of episode that we're going to be watching. Did anybody go back and look at his hair in Spockamock? Is it is it big and up, <laughs> prominent there too? If you're going to have a somewhat silly Vulcan episode, you need the big hair. <laughs> And we need the green wrap because that was the only episode oh where he gosh. wore the green wrap. That was a good. They they updated the wrap by the way. That was a good looking wrap. No, no one. It's fine. <sighs> okay. So <sighs> I 
and then there's the scene where they're teaching him how to re-talk. Like David said, he wouldn't lose his cadence. Lower, yeah. lower, lower. No, and you need to do lower. this thing. Lower. You need to sound And do the eyebrow robotic. thing. And you need to raise your eyebrow without letting anything else move. Do I talk like that? Yes. It's funny, but it's silly, you know. Is it funny? And then he's trying to practice mind melding, and they're like, "You look constipated." I don't know, like that. The the. Don't want to. I'm gonna say it. The the mind meld thing, like I could. Kind of appreciate the frustration with that. Um. Because, like, I mean, that's, like, that, to me, that goes beyond just, like, that is logical, that is illogical, or whatever, or raising an eyebrow. Like, mind-melding is a psycho-spiritual kind of thing for the Vulcan people, and to seemingly lose this immaterial part of yourself, I think would really, I mean, that would mess me up like with like my own like spiritual side right like however any of us might um you know experience that or or practice that kind of thing i think i mean that's that that really was one one part that i did like even if it was dialed up a little bit in terms of like almost schmacting it I, i appreciated it like I know what this is supposed to feel like, but I don't feel it. Type of thing. Yeah. So. <clears throat> anyway, so we're we're we've gone through these things like lifting this really hot pot. Just kind of gotta grin and bear it. Like if you're a Vulcan, you'd be able to handle it just fine. Cool. Um, yeah, that's the dilemma in this episode. I have to carry a hot pot and not let it be shown that I'm in pain. Mm-hmm. And uh, later on, you got to hold the hot pot and pour it. So the tea does the thing, but the flower also blooms, too. Yeah, and you can't rush this. I'm just waiting on that to be the next, like... Uh, would you like some artisanal tea? You know, if you pour it too uh, too fast, the flower won't bloom. Like instead of like pour over coffee or something, it's just this elaborate Vulcan pour over tea. I can see it catching on <laughs> in Seattle. Oh my God. <laughs> no, but finally we get to Pring to come on board. To Pring's on board. To Pring, part of you. Spock, Spock. Spent two days with my mom. I, can we just stop it? Do the can thing. We, no. Can we just no not ser- be Vulcan right now? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. And you you think for just a moment? You think that he's gonna spill the beans and clue her in as to what's actually happening? with him and he chickens out doesn't tell his fiance I got into a freak accident and this is what happened 
You won't believe it, but believe it. Here are my ears, by the way. It's a bad time to change your hair. <laughs> and you okay. singed your eyebrows? Okay, so I, ha- I have a question. Um, it's It's been around this time in the episode where, you know, we have to give him like Vulcan ears, like prosthetics or whatever. Um, and we can't give him anything because it might impact the medicine or the what the treatment. Like, what medicine? What treatment are you doing, dude? Like, can't why can't... Treatment. He's nothing medically wrong with him. They even said that earlier in the episode. Like, there's no medical con- like thing wrong with you. You're, you just go. Well... So, because you wouldn't get something dramatic later, okay? So here's the thing I don't get. Like, we were able to replicate, synthesize, do something, right, with, like, these prosthetic ears that we just stick on, right, and put some, like, you know, spirit gum on there to kind of hold it in place. Guys, why could they not... Why couldn't Mbenga, you know do something like synthesize you know some kind of proteins or whatever and just kind of like surgically attach it to his ear instead of like just having like something that you would get from spirit halloween to i mean yeah we've we've seen that plenty of times where people get like cosmetic surgery to go undercover right like in several episodes yeah rather than just slip on ears that we might buy. I mean, like, these look super cheap. Like, the, I mean, it looked like he just had, like, a like a bargain bin, like, in, like, sickbay. Like, hey, I found these on, like, I don't know, some random planet while y'all were eating pancakes that one Saturday morning. I thought I'd grab it just in case. And here you go. Go ahead and slip them on. Imagine going to Vulcan and there's there's that souvenir stand. Souvenir ears, get your souvenir ears here. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Come and get your ears before they run out. Come on, get your ears. No, I can imagine there's a Ferengi stand on Vulcan where he they're selling the souvenir ears. <laughs> I find this stand illogical. Here come Topring's parents. And while okay. the mother is very shrill here, the dad is kind of like, yeah, I don't have a problem with this. <laughs> but Until he's the mom like, says something. A stick in the mud. <laughs> well, and I then, mean, they, they even said it at one point. He he is largely concerned about the connection with Sarek. There, there's like an ad, an advantage to that. So he's cool with anything as long as that As long as he can get close happens. to Sarek, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they're they're doing they're they're starting the the dinner, the Vishal rituals, and um, we're gonna see what happens, right? First up, I believe it's the uh, the the tea ceremony. Let's pick up the hot pot and pour some tea and see if the flower blooms. And Tapring is there coaching Spock, like, don't pour it so fast, flower won't bloom. Gosh, see that flower. Bruh. And um, you see him grimacing like cray-cray while he's doing all this. 
have they never like thought of like you know oven mitts or something like you know as as logical as these folks are like i mean oven mitts i mean it's like a cast iron pot for crying out loud. i mean couldn't the doctor have synthesized something to put on his hands to block the heat yes that's exactly what i was thinking hey doc so like i gotta do this thing i gotta pick up a hot pot and it kind of hurts because i'm fully human you got you got the good stuff. You got any juice that can just give me some magic hands while I'm doing the tea ceremony? Cause it's not like you're gonna sh- not like you're shaking hands with your future father-in-law, right. right? Like, hey, you know how you did the thing for my mom in another life, where she had this like these magic hand things, and it like poisoned a president and almost killed him. Can you do that, but make it to where my <laughs> hands won't catch on fire? That would be great. Yes. Please. <sighs> okay, so we do that. Check the box. Yay, we did the tea ceremony. Um, and Pike is being a great host, right? Like, he's making, like, finger foods. And I'm getting this out of order, but it's fine. Like, the dad likes it, but the mom is... She's a piece of work. Um, yeah, and then there's something in this ritual where they, like air their grievances yeah. and they're just like really mean to everyone it's so that you grow all Vulcans want want feedback they want to improve like I think they call it the awareness ritual or something aware we're making you aware of all these things that we don't like about you so we're dealing with tea and we're also spilling tea is what we're doing Got it. Just mm-hmm. check it. Yeah, when a, couple, a young couple is made aware of all their faults and their flaws, uh, while the timer counts down, Tapring's parents will tell you all the things they think you are doing wrong. Like, who comes up with this crap, man? I am grateful for any awareness you can provide me. While we're holding some rope and kneeling. <laughs> So Spock somehow keeps it all together. Um, he's practicing that impulse control, and then he excuses himself because he's got to use the restroom. A Vulcan would have bl- better bladder control. Bro, do you know how much tea I just drank? And stop it. It goes right through me. Sometimes you just got to go, man. <laughs> when you got to go, when you got to go. It yeah. screams into a pillow. You know, punches the air. That's fine. That's okay. Yeah, he does the yeah, cut a couple. <laughs> <laughs> I you mean, know, we've Pike all done a... that when we've been frustrated before, right? They have a pretty swanky oh. bathroom in this in this place. What's well, the captain's quarters? Yeah. Jeez, Pike, you're just living in a hotel nonstop, huh? That's right. Enterprise D ain't got nothing on Pike's quarters. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they are massive. <laughs> That's true. So, uh, yeah, we're about to do um, the mind meld. And um, I think um, it's at this point that Pike is trying to stall uh, for some time. Because, like, there is, like, this mission that's also unbeknownst to people, I think, um, that's taking Well, I think place. Spock finds out about it while he's in the bathroom. I think Mbenga gets him on the comm and tells them that they've Chapel and Ortega and and Uhura have gone down to 
into the tunnel, the mm-hmm. the, the tornado, right? And they're going to try tornado. to figure this out. Yeah. Um, and Pike is stalling for time, and he's like, we got to do this ancient earth custom as part of engagement called charades. It's important to engagement. Let's do it. Oh, boy. Guys, I mean... I mean, like, whenever I got engaged, I don't know about you, but we didn't play charades. No. No? No? No, no. for Eric? How about you, David? Did you play charades as part of your engagement ritual? No. Dang it. I was hoping you'd say yes. Hate to disappoint. Bad gummit, dude. So yeah, but like, what would you come up with, like, right out the? T- we gotta do this important human ritual. Uh, and Amanda, what's the important? Yes, it's very important. Tell them what it is. They're like, none of them can come up with something, and so they're pointing. Yeah, yeah, it's an important ritual. It sure is. Why don't you tell? Why don't you tell them about it? Why don't you go? <laughs> Eventually, you just gotta spit something out. Oh, trades. Well, I mean, he could have been like, we need to bake a pie. You know, like he's like a cook. He has a full kitchen and it is swanky sweet. We need to make a souffle. Yeah. We need to make Yeah, bread. or we need a risotto. Make a <laughs> risotto. It takes time. <laughs> make a cheese. And you got you're constantly you know? pouring water and stirring. Yeah. We got to smoke a brisket. Is what we got to do. About 14 hours, 16 hours, you know, if it's any bigger than what I got over here, you know. I might take 18, you don't know. Low and slow. Low and slow. Okay. Well, so that's happening. And um, up to this point, you know, with everything that's been going on, uh, Chapel has been, like we said, she was working pretty darn hard to kind of figure out, like, what's been going on, like, what actually happened and how to fix this. But every model, every lab experiment, everything that she's tried has just ended in failure, essentially. And there's one thing that that's... Um, come to light in this that um, she ends up sharing with Mbenga and that is that the Vulcan uh, genome is failing to replace the uh, the duplicated human copy um, and not only that but it is like uh, degrading essentially and that if this isn't um, solved within uh, the next 24-ish hours Spock is going to be stuck as human Spock forever type of thing. So we have to talk to the space tornado people, the Kirkovians, to see, like, if they can intervene in any way, basically, because this just straight up sucks. So, to the shuttle. Yeah, and you gotta, like, do the get to get Ortegas to come with us, you gotta basically do the, what, are you chicken? The Marty mm. McFly. Yeah. Now, Nobody. Now I gotta fly into the dangerous tornado thing. Nobody calls me chicken. Nobody. Anyway. So, this is the part that I'm a little confused by. So, we, we, we heard the Kirkovians talk about this space tornado, this anomaly, right? being this like tunnel this highway this thing that connects like somewhere else okay so 
I'm probably overthinking this, but my thought is you go into it and you pop out on the other side, almost like, you know, the wormhole we have in Deep Space Nine type of thing. Similar, maybe. But what they end up doing is um, realizing that there's like some kind of barrier. There's some kind of something that's preventing them from moving forward. Like it's creating like issues like with Sheer and, you know, whatever else. So they're like, guys, like what if we did this thing like where we went down where it's kind of calm underwater and we just kind of ride it out and go up? It'd be kind of cool, man. Like perfect wave. Like it'd be great. So we're going to do it, right? So that's what we do. We could do it. We got to go down so we can go up. It's great. Uh, I don't know why I'm talking like a surfer, but it works. But they stay down. So, like, that's what I'm confused by. And again, maybe I'm overthinking this. Like, did they actually go to where this tunnel thing is, like, supposed to take them? Or no. Be- that's, it was, to me, it wasn't explained well enough about this space tornado type of thing but we end up in a room which is very shiny and um somewhat similar to um our comet episode from um season one as far as i'm concerned um and we're talking to shiny walls we talk to blue dabu di dabu di um are you yellow no i'm blue can we can we talk to yellow can we bring yellow back in here no, you get red, or you get nothing. Wow. 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 Um, yeah, so nothing's nothing's really happening. We're talking, we're talking, we're talking. Yeah, and... the time frame. You, you, missed, you missed the window for your refund. You can only get a refund in a certain amount of time, and it's past that time, so no refund for you. <laughs> this is getting better and better by the moment. You're telling me that you've been looking for me to talk to me about my car's extended warranty. And now that I'm ready to talk to you about it, you don't want to talk to me? Awesome. You're past your time frame. We called your number. We called it. So we we do some splaining and uh, we try and say, like, you know, Spock's our friend. Sorry, friends don't count. You're not close enough. Not close enough. Gotta be a little closer, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you're a caregiver. Well, kind of. Well, actually, Spock's my caregiver. And then Ortega's like, dude, just tell him how you feel. (laughs) If ever there was a time to just tell him how you feel and not be coy, just now. Just need the the, the, the Monty the Python. Get on with it. <laughs> At me. O is for the only one I see. V is very, very extraordinary. No, no one. It's fine. Can I probably get like a strike for that one? So something happens and we some just in the blink of an eye, like we get the juice to go juice Spock with a hypospray so we can give him his logic and Vulcan mind powers back. But his ears and green bloodedness will take 
time to be restored. Yeah, and then we have, like, the big confrontation with the mother-in-law. No human could have ever been able to undergo this ceremony. Oh, really? You bee? Look at me, I'm a human. Let me just take off my spirit Halloween Vulcan ears. Okay, so aside from... And there is no handy. Being a human is not a handicap. I mean, aside from doing the mind meld, which humans can't do... But... Like, tea... Androids can. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing in Picard. Sure. Just because I studied it. Sure. But let's just say (laughs) T and getting yelled at are not uniquely Vulcan like (laughs) things. The only hard part is mind meld, which you could just flub. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, you're showing me a memory of a beautiful flower in a sunset field on Earth. Iowa, I believe. You know, you could just make something up. They're not like they're not even verifying it. That's what confused me about it. Right? Like, so why did he has to mind meld with his mother, but not like to praying or mother? Or, you know, like, and they're not checking on it. I mean, they're not fans of Ronald Reagan, apparently. You know, trust but ver- verify. But yeah, I, I, pulled I was out. thinking that too. For, like, why wouldn't why wouldn't the ceremony include like you know? Uh, Amanda, you know, giving yeah. you know her son a memory, and then like Spock has to share that like with his soon-to-be in-laws or his soon-to-be wife. You know, like that. I mean, that seems important. Like that's like a form of intimacy right there. Like that would make sense to share. But no, um, uh, my 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 mom, bah, 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 mom, um, happy meal. Got a happy meal at uh, McDonald's in the. Lake uh, Lake Armstrong area on the moon when I was like eight. Yeah, got an Impossible Burger with small fry and don't eat that Impossible stuff. <laughs> it's impossible to eat. What? Wow. All right. Well, he's he's back, back again. Spock is back. Tell a friend and. Um, Tapring's not too happy that, you know, she wasn't told. And um, anyway, they decide to go on a break. And uh, Spock is finally realizing he's got a thing for that uh, platinum blonde that hypus sprayed him. And um, he totally pulls a Ross and he's like, we are on a break. And decides to go in for the smooch finally and cue credits things are getting about to get really awkward really awkward i'm just trying like spock just just go with it don't think about it just go with it invite me in i don't want to suppress this don't suppress it don't do, just don't do either Let of you go. do do either of you like when you watch these episodes do you ever think of like i mean obviously like the 60s like they didn't know this stuff was going to happen by by any means but do you ever like think about um, like the scenes that like have been produced, you know, like in TOS, like Majel Barrett, you know, as Chapel or whatever, and like those interactions, like how this impacts like those iterations at all. Oh, it's it's com- it's completely different. 
I mean, he could never throw soup anymore at chapel. Okay? It could never work. I, I was actually thinking about that as, as I was watching it. So it's like, it feels like you're just proposing a new, another timeline. Like another universe or something like that. Unless you do break them up at some point. But then it's just sad. Well, they have to break up at some point. Mm-hmm. Hit, well, him with Chapel and him with Tabring. Both of them. They both break up, but like he has to break up with Chapel. Like, but he also has to get back together with Tabring, right? Because like they're clearly Spock is thinking that you know this could be the start of Tabring not wanting Spock and her making her ploy to to do the other thing with whomever that other person she ended up with, right? This could be the start of that. But, but eventually Spock and her have to do some sort of reconciliation because Spock is still all in with Tapring in the original series. But that, but that's what I'm saying. That's what makes Chapel so sad. Because, like, th- this Chapel would be... is different. It's different. Yeah. So you're telling me that this Chapel is going to become so love-struck that she will stick around and wait for Spock forever. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. And it, it just, it just if, if that's the line you're going to work on, it just makes that character, like, in terribly weak. Like, just a weak character, which sucks, right? Because, you know... I don't want to see TOS Chapel in that light. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're they're really doubling down on the fact that Chapel really, at least with this iteration, believes that Spock is Endgame. That Spock is like OTP, I ship them type status. I mean, I personally wouldn't have an issue with it if we didn't have TOS. Sure. Well, any final thoughts before we move on, gents? No. No. Okay. By the way, speaking of Chapel, she does stick it to the man. Um, uh, They decided to reject her from the fellowship. And she's like, that's fine. I don't need you, basically. I went and discovered a uh, uh, an interdimensional, um, ancient um, alien race, by the way, that helped me with archaeological medicine. It was great meeting them. Yeah, I, an ancient alien race right in your backyard. Mm-hmm. So take that. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Oh, really? <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. You can read my paper. I'm sorry. Not with my time. I'm like, okay. What are we, like, 12? Yes. Anyway. All right. Well, let's move on to um, evaluating this thing. Um, so looking at uh, the Delta and how well this uh, the different divisions were represented in this episode, uh, what are we thinking at this point? Uh, Eric, what are you thinking, man? Nope. I mean, cool. there's some science going on, I guess. Like, I mean, Chapel is doing her science project to help figure it out. Um, I don't know. 
there's some science going on. I'm, I'm not, I'm not in a, in a mood to give out deltas to this episode. Really. Cool. cool. <laughs> awesome, David. What do you? What about you, man? Are you feeling? I, I mean, I, I, I think that there's, you know, a, a, there is a case for science because there is medical science going on here. We are running experiments and you know failing but try, still trying to find a solution so you I, I think that that's valid I think that the, the command aspect of it you know in a very sunshine rainbows and gumdrops sort of way fighting for your friends you know uh, Chapel and even Pike even as dumb as the charade thing was he's trying to in a <laughs> in the most obvious, inobvious way, trying to help his friend. Um, but I don't really think that there's anything here that really merits command, a command delta. So I can't, I can't really do that. And then as far as like operations, I, I have no idea. I don't have anything. I don't really have anything to say on that, on that regard. So I'm cool with the science, but I think that the rest is a crapshoot. Okay. Um, I mean, the science bit was, yeah, that's fine. The, I don't know, the operations might be a stretch, like, but I'm just thinking, like, with Uhura. You know, and her doing her her bit like with you know retracing, you know Star Six Nine, you know that um, calling card or whatever to get and talk to Yellow and try and understand some things. So like, there's maybe that, like she's using her smarticles to, you know, get that going. Command. I don't know. I don't think I can give command with this one. I think operations and, and science would probably be it so um let's move on to evaluating this dang episode so on a scale of one to ten one being a dumpster fire ten being absolutely amazing how do we rate this dang thing let's go in reverse order uh let's go with david on this one how you how you thinking how you feeling about this one man okay um wow so I have no idea. Like I, I'm, I'm confused by the episode in a lot of respects. I mean, you, you took a, a an okay premise, but you didn't really live in that premise. So like Spock's now completely human. Sure, I can see that. That's not a big deal. But fundamentally, you took away all the all the things that would just make a person a person, not just like a human or a Vulcan, you know, you, he can't talk like he used to. He can't, you know, figure anything out. He's just this raging hormonal mess. And I mean, they always say Vulcan emotions are so much deeper, so much crazier than human emotions. If he's only dealing with human emotions that aren't as crazy as the Vulcan emotions that he's already technically dealt with, then it just doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. 
It's just kind of like uh, they wanted the the ha ha. They they wanted the funny. And granted, there was some funny stuff about it. I mean, like I said, that that Sam Kirk thing was hilarious to me. I, I thought that, that was that was really funny. Um, but you know, there there's just so fun to. There's a lot that was very flippant about things, and and I'm I didn't like the portrayal of the Vulcans. I I don't really like this whole thing where somebody has to be the villain. I mean, it, I, I understand that we're I think we're channeling more the the newer movie aspect of all of this than we are the historical canon of of uh, you know the Vulcans all the way through you know from Enterprise on up. So like it just it it is what it is and you know they they seem more interested in making this love story but even that just tears apart some of the fundamental things in TOS which comes after this so unless they're going to tell us that there's some split universe here i i really think that like things like this as innocuous as it seems do more harm than good because next we're gonna we're we're gonna have Leon uh, hooking up with with Kirk, and and that'll be the next thing that we build out, or you know, and then well, well then that wasn't in TOS. We all know Kirk, you know, he he was a ladies man, you know, all that stuff. So it's like th- there's only so much that you can mess with, and I think they're messing with a little too much. However, with all of that said, like I didn't like dislike everything. Like I didn't want to shut it off. It's, it's maybe not something I'm thinking about watching over and over again, but I didn't want to like shut it off and just say, God, this is, this is the worst television I've ever watched. But it, it, you know, it just had a lot of fundamental flaws to it that I just, I didn't understand. So, um, I, I I am not going to flame it and I kind of feel like I'm, I might be the high one on the, on the sort of, uh, pecking order here today. So (laughs) I'm, I'm just... I'm just throwing it out there. I have no idea. I, I'm just gonna get us. I'm gonna give it a 7.4, and then whatever. I, I don't know. May reeval might reevaluate it later, but that's all I can think about. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, Eric and I um, will typically like text like very like vague things to each other, like sometimes in the morning, um, like just sometimes like initial reactions sometimes just like random thoughts uh, but like nothing that would like necessarily impact um, the discussion that we usually have I think Eric would probably vouch for that too with most of our text messages that we have uh, when these air Um, watching this particular episode um, I thought it was interesting um, initially Uh, and then it just started to kind of unravel and it just started to kind of, I don't know, just go all over the place as far as I was concerned. Um, and I'm with David on this, that there's the impact of what's, of how this is like going to, alter one potentially alter one's viewing of original series and you gotta think you know like other fandoms that like have like prequel stories 
basically that's the problem with prequels is like you have to keep it pretty tight because um, that's going to color the overall narrative for future in, um, installations in that series so love it or hate it prequel trilogy is going to impact of star wars is going to impact the future viewing of original series and even sequel um or the original trilogy and the sequel trilogies um and like that's going to all impact each other so when i was watching this and, and i'm, I'm going to be pretty harsh on this this felt like fan fiction like this just felt like fan fiction drivel to me and it it just seemed like they were kind of like throwing stuff at the cabinetry and just seeing what stuck and it was just some of it was like overacted and I know that there was some campiness at times a lot of times in original series but there it was also tempered in this episode I don't know how well tempered dialogue and choices and interactions really were uh, it just it just felt too over the top for me, and it took away from my enjoyment of the episode. Um, I do think there were some good moments. Um, there were some good dramatic moments when we have this realization that like Spock realized what was going to happen, so he extended or did something with the shields to create more um, protection for Chapel while they were going through the space tornado um, kind of experience at the top of the episode. We find out. Um, I enjoyed the um the fact that you know when chapel you know knowing knowing that it's going to hurt her um not having human spock anymore you know just you know hypo sprays him or whatever and you know boom he's back to being regular spock i like that that wasn't too bad and just like kind of seeing like some of the the trying you know with like the genome sequencing and and whatnot um, but like other parts, like the over laughing that Spock does when he's human, like it was just way too awkward. Um, just Spock in general, in his human human mode, just really took away from me. So um, I think the where I'm landing with this is definitely lower than David. Um, I wasn't too keen on it. Um, I came into this with a number, and I think I'm going to stick with it, and uh, that was a 6.6. .6. So uh, I'm going to throw this over to Eric now. So, Eric, what do you think, man? Okay, so I'll just I'll tell Chase. I'll, I'll confirm what Chase said. I sent him a text message this morning, and I said, I was like, I'm over this episode, and I was like halfway into it. I just I felt myself like reaching for my phone the whole episode because I was like bored and I was just like I was not engaged with it. I'm like I have so many things to say here. Like it is like every fifth episode of the season going to be some Spock changes body episode thing, right? I mean, is that what we're doing because it was episode 5 of season 1 is episode 5 here? right um it's like those are also the only two episodes that have been like spock centric i know he's been prominent in other episodes but like the two episodes that focus solely on spock right as him as like the main character have been this like body 
switcheroo mishap thing, right? And it's like, and comedy episodes. Like, I, I never really thought of Spock as the comedy character. So I'm really confused why the two Spock-centric episodes are, the two, are two comedy episodes. Um, it, it, it's a very strange creative decision to me. Um, like, in season one, when he switched bodies with T'Pring, I really felt like they got some insight into each other and that helped build their relationship. And so it worked for me there. Um, but like here, okay, he loses his, his Vulcan side, which is a, is an interesting premise. I mean, I go back, there's a Voyager episode where Balana, who is half Faces. human and half Klingon, there's an episode where literally she gets split apart into a fully human self and a fully Klingon self. And they get to, like, argue back and forth, but then they, like, come to an understanding and there's, like, some real, like, it, like, there's a reason for it to happen there and they, like, really learn something. But, like, I don't feel like we really explored this Spock is just fully human now, like, enough for it to work, in my opinion. Um, and this just felt like a really bad rewrite of... of the season one Spock Amok episode, right? It's just it's like, hey, let's recreate what we did there. But then you just did it really badly. And it was a full hour. It was 60 full minutes. There was a... We could have we could have tightened this thing up and got it down to 45 minutes, probably. 46 minutes. Like, it did not need to be a full hour. Um, I, I, I did not enjoy this episode. Like, at all. And... To me, honestly, this might be the worst episode of Strange New Worlds, like, in season one and season two, like, of them all. So, like, I think I'm going to come in lower than everybody else here, right? And I'm going to give it, like, a 6.2. I did not like this episode. Okay. All right, so looking at um, our scores, we have... um... Eric with a 6.2, David with a 7.4, and myself with a 6.6, which gives us an overall average rating of a 6.7 on this episode. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And I I did look um, earlier because I was looking at who wrote the thing. I was looking for, like, writing credits and, like, who wrote, like, previous, or, you know, what episodes, like, they might have written before, what other stuff they've written. And um, I think it was, like, um, earlier in the day, it was sitting at, like, an 8 on IMDb, which is a solid 8. So, um, no idea what it is right now at the time of recording, but I would assume it's probably right about there, if not higher, by now. Oh, yeah, it's got, I mean, I looked at it earlier, it was, like, 8.2 or something earlier when I saw Mm -hmm. it. Okay. Okay. You know, I'm noticing that... um, the odd-numbered episodes are our lower-rated ones so far. That's the trend that we're on with this season for us in our reviews. Hmm. So, yeah. Broken Circle was a 7.7. Uh, was it Tomorrow Cubed was uh, 6.2. And then, of course, this one with a 6.7. But then, of course, we had Ad Astra, which is a uh, what a nine point two, and um, 
uh, Lotus Eaters, which was an 8.3, 8.4, essentially. So uh, if the trend continues this way, I'm hoping that Lost in Translation, which will be episode six, will be a higher rated episode. Hopefully, Yeah, but that would mean the next one, the These Old Scientists, would be a low rated episode. Bro, I know. That's the Lower Decks episode. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. But anyway, we were, at, we were officially at the halfway mark of the season. So do we see things getting better or not so much? I guess that's the question. Well, I mean, it was the first half of the first season that was like the really good stuff. And it was the a show, banger, I feel man. like it's just like... Lost a little bit of steam since then. Yeah. But you got to think, too. I mean, I don't know how much they actually listen, but you got to think. Like, season two was already, like, in the can. Like, it was already made, really, before season one even aired for us. Basically. I mean, they were, like, finishing it up, I think, uh, by the time that season one was dropping. Yeah, and, and I feel like we're the odd people out on the Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow episode. Oh, yeah. I feel yeah. like... Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's one... Is people really like that out there. Which, that's fine, but... Yeah, that's fine. It's 100% fine, but, like, that's the thing. Like, we look at these things very critically. And, like, not that other, like, diehard Trek fans don't, but, I mean, that's just, like, what we're doing. Like, we're we're... You know, trying to do like some kind of litmus test, like does this like pass the smell test, right? Like in terms of like, is it doing Trek, but is it also enjoyable? Is it smart? Is it making sense? So, but like, take me for example, like with Elysian Kingdom, I kind of threw logic out the window. I'm like, dude, it's Renfair in space. Let's do this. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Minus what happens at the very end with Nebula Mama. I had an issue with that. So, anyway, well, that's it, gang. Um, we're, we're halfway through, and um, we'll see what happens. Two more weeks, you know, until we have um, our Lower Decks crossover episode, which I know so many people have been um, anticipating for a long time, like ever since they found out that Boimler and Mariner were going to meet up with Pike and company. Yeah. Part of me, part of me kind of hopes that it's gonna it's gonna be like a holodeck episode in a way and um like they're going to like get like they're gonna somehow get back or they're gonna like look at the cerritos from like a window or something and be like hey does that does the cerritos not look as you know animated or or colorful to you or something you know just some kind of dumb like meta comment like that All right. Well, Jen says always thank you for your time. Thanks for uh, for talking Trek with me. Uh, it's always a pleasure to have you. Um, for all of you out there in listener land, uh, thank you for tuning in. What do you think of the episode? Um, are we wrong? We could be. I don't know. Um, do you agree with us? Uh, let us know. Um, send us a note. Tell us your thoughts, um, your ideas, things like that. We'd love to hear it. Um, enter in coordinates to trtvpod at gmail.com. Of course, you can also send us a voice only to 817-752-4757 but please don't yell at us Uh, 
not a big fan of like anger and other teenage kind of angst when we don't have to. Um, other than that, if you uh, uh, want to mail us something, you know, like oven mitts so we can handle a cast iron teapot, that'd be great. Make sure it gets to the Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, remember to boldly go and make it so.